Welcome to the Friday edition of Transformation Radio. Life gets tough And times get hard And it's hard to find the truth In all the lies turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament. Our narrative today comes from the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 7, verses 8 through 16. It seems that Paul had written a rather severe letter to the Corinthians, but it caused them to repent and change their direction. That severe letter refers to the third letter. It's now lost, by the way. This third letter had been written to the Corinthians. Apparently, it caused people to begin to change. Sorrow for our sins can result in changed behavior. That was the motivation, that was uh, the reason behind Paul's letter. Many people are sorry only for the effects of their sins or for being caught. That's the kind of sorrow that actually lacks any repentance. I'm just sorry I got caught. Compare Peter's remorse and repentance with Judas's bitterness and act of suicide. Both denied Christ. One repented and was restored to faith and service. The other took his own life. We'll read here today that Paul affirmed the Corinthians for their right response to the correction he had given them. You know, it's difficult to accept criticism or correction or rebuke with any poise and grace. It's hard. 
It's much more natural to be defensive and then counterattack. We can accept criticism with self-pity, thinking we don't really deserve it. We can be angry and resentful. But a mature Christian should graciously accept constructive criticism, sincerely evaluate it, and grow from it. You know, the kingdom of God spreads through believers' concern and eagerness to help others. And here, as we read today, we'll see several churches joining to help others beyond their own circle of friends and their own city. Explore ways that you might link up with a ministry outside your city, either through your church or through a Christian organization. You see, by joining with other believers to do God's work, you increase Christian unity and you help the kingdom grow. And now let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. September 4th, the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 through 16. I, Paul, am not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you, Corinthians, though I was sorry at first, for I know it was painful to you for a little while. Now I am glad I sent it, not because it hurt you, but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow God wants His people to have. So you were not harmed by us in any way. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. Just see what this godly sorrow produced in you. Such earnestness, such concern to clear yourselves. Such indignation, such alarm, such longing to see me, such zeal, and such a readiness to punish wrong. You showed that you have done everything necessary to make things right. My purpose, then, was not to write about who did the wrong or who was wronged. I wrote to you, so that in the sight of God you could see for yourselves how loyal you are to us. We have been greatly encouraged by this. In addition to our own encouragement, we were especially delighted to see how happy Titus was about the way all of you welcomed him and set his mind at ease. I had told him how proud I was of you, and you didn't disappoint me. I have always told you the truth, and now my boasting to Titus has also proved true. Now he cares for you more than ever when he remembers the way all of you obeyed him and welcomed him with such fear and deep respect. I am very happy now, because I have complete confidence in you. And now on to the book of Psalms. Today's reading comes from Psalm chapter 48, verses 1 through 14. It talks about Mount Zion. Why is Mount Zion, Jerusalem, the city of the great king? Because the temple was located in Jerusalem. The city was seen as the center of God's presence in the world. The Bible pictures Jerusalem as the place where believers will gather in the last days, and as the spiritual home of all believers, where God will live among them. Now we'll read here today in this psalm that because Jerusalem has been destroyed several times since this psalm was written, the phrase, God will make it safe forever, may refer prophetically to the new Jerusalem, where God will judge all nations and live with all believers. The people of Judah were from Israel's largest tribe, which settled in the southern part of Canaan, where Jerusalem was located. David was from Judah, and he made Jerusalem his capital 
and the center of the nation's worship. Jesus was also a member of the tribe of Judah. Did you know that? Yes, Jesus was from the tribe of Judah. The psalm writer was saying that the day would come when God would bring justice to the land and God's people would get the respect they deserved. Psalm 48, verses 1 through 14, a song, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. How great is the Lord! How deserving of praise in the city of our God, which sits on His holy mountain. It is high and magnificent. The whole earth rejoices to see it. Mount Zion, the holy mountain, is the city of the great King. God Himself is in Jerusalem's towers, revealing Himself as its defender. The kings of the earth joined forces and advanced against the city. But when they saw it, they were stunned. They were terrified and ran away. They were gripped with terror and writhed in pain like a woman in labor. You destroyed them like the mighty ships of Tarshish, shattered by a powerful east wind. We had heard of the city's glory, but now we have seen it ourselves, the city of the Lord of Heaven's armies. It is the city of our God. He will make it safe forever. Interlude O God, we meditate on your unfailing love as we worship in your temple. As your name deserves, O God, you will be praised to the ends of the earth. Your strong right hand is filled with victory. Let the people on Mount Zion rejoice. Let all the towns of Judah be glad because of your justice. Go inspect the city of Jerusalem. Walk around and count the many towers. Take note of the fortified walls, and tour all the citadels, that you may describe them to future generations. For that is what God is like. He is our God forever and ever, and He will guide us until we die. Proverbs 22, verses 17-19 through 19. Listen to the words of the wise. Apply your heart to my instruction. For it is good to keep these sayings in your heart and always ready on your lips. I am teaching you today, yes, you, so you will trust in the Lord.
matters to me The only one whose favor I seek The only name that matters to me Yours will be The friendship and affection I need To feel my father smiling on me is the name
This is Tim Krause. I'd like to affirm Phil Parker for coming up to Phase 2 and getting getting promoted on his new job up there. And just really love having him around. Appreciate you, Phil. Um, I'd like to affirm Matt Warren for going through all the trials and tribulations he's gone through in the past couple months and still being able to make it back, stay focused on God. And I would like to affirm Blaine. Stay strong, brother. You're doing really good in second phase. I love you, man. Um, keep up the good work. Keep your walk with God strong. I love you guys. Bye.
Good morning, gentlemen. This is Pastor Don Anderson, and uh, over the next couple weeks, I wanted to talk to you about the subject of how that we can experience the presence of God in our life. Over the years, I've experienced many dry seasons in my walk with the Lord, and a dry season is a time when you don't really feel the presence of God like you normally would, no matter how much you pray, study, go to church, whatever it might be. Uh, when you're going through one of these dry seasons, it really feels like God is, is a million miles away, and you begin to wonder if He even cares about you anymore. These dry seasons can last weeks, uh, months, and sometimes they can even last years. Uh, as I've struggled through the dry seasons that I've experienced in my life, I've come to learn by digging into God's Word, you know, what I need to start doing and to stop doing in order to start feeling, uh, to start feeling God's presence again on a more consistent and regular basis. Maybe some of you this morning uh, can relate to this uh, this dry season thing that I'm talking about. Uh, maybe you know, as I was describing it, you know, what it was. Uh, Maybe you're like, man, I'm in the middle of one of those right now. Maybe you feel like God is 10 million miles away from you and that he's abandoned you. If, if you are feeling that way this morning, I just I want to say to you, first of all, that, you know, Jesus has not abandoned you. Uh, scripture actually says the quite opposite. Jesus says that he will never leave us or forsake us, but... He will actually be with us always, even unto the end of the age. But I, I don't want to leave you with just that. Um, I also want to share with you just a few things over the next couple weeks. Uh, a few ways that you can actually begin to experience the presence of God in your life. So that if you're going through a dry season, you can begin to put an end to that. So, first of all, the most important thing that you can do in order to be able to feel God's presence with you is to repent of your sins and ask Jesus to come into your heart to be the Lord of your life. The Bible calls this being saved or being born again. This is what it takes to really be at peace with God. Acts 3.19 states, Therefore repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away, in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. As you all know, when we live a destructive, sinful lifestyle, it's nearly impossible for us to have peace because, you know, we're constantly wondering when our luck's going to run out and, you know, if we're on our last life, so to speak. Um, but when we stop sinning and turn from that lifestyle, there's a peace that comes immediately from knowing that you're trying to live the right way. And there's an even greater peace that comes from knowing that God has forgiven you of your sins and has wiped your slate clean. I mean, I can just tell you from personal experience that it is the greatest feeling in the world to know that things are good between you and the Lord. So, if you truly want to begin to experience the presence of God and know that you know that you're saved, I wouldn't wait another day without making things right between you and the Lord. So if you're listening to this this morning and you know that things ain't right between you and the Lord, 
but you want to make things right between you and him so that you can start to experience his peace and his presence in your life. Uh, it says in Romans 10:13 that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And it says in Romans 10:9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. It's as simple as that. If uh, you know you ain't been living a life that's pleasing the Lord and you want to make things right between you and Him, all you got to do is ask Him to forgive you, to come in your heart, to be the Lord of your life, and you can be saved. You can settle it once for all. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day, and I hope you make the right decision. God bless. Sounds a bit shallow since you never leave
Thank you for listening to Transformation Radio.